This is On The Chip, bringing you IndyCar. Formula One. Championship battle, but the championship can only be won by one, and it's going Dutch in 2021. NASCAR and so, so much more. Enjoy your time at On The Chip. Another unorthodox oh. recording. <laughs> Hello, sir. Howdy doody. How art thou? Oh, you know, we're uh we're vibing. Doing yeah, I feel that. Day. It's a Monday morning. It is um, a Monday morning. So I can absolutely confirm that this is a Monday morning. So you heard it here first, but this is a it's Monday morning. It is Monday morning. We uh we're getting at it after after a long weekend and a lot of new a lot of news there's a lot of news there's a lot of racing stuff there's a lot of everything else in the world oh yeah yeah i think uh half of this monday morning blues is probably the amount of drinking and sorrow that sebastian vettel is retiring (laughs) i remember when i when i was karting and starting to have some success in karting starting to get into formula one naturally because of the crowd that you're around and that was when Sebastian was winning his first championship and then his second and his third. So as a, me, as a young driver, he was always one of my heroes, you know, looking up to it. That I, I'm not really surprised. I really want to know where does he go next? You know, cause I, I don't know. It's like when Jeff Gordon retired, I wasn't really that like sad about it. Cause they'd already done so much for the sport. You're like, well, what's he going to do next? And then he ran the Rolex 24 and you're like, Oh, this is sick. And you had a couple of things and you're like, Oh, this is sick. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder where he's going to go next. There's a lot of talks all over the place. Um, people are talking engineer, strategist, um, race director. I can see that. Like team principal, like whatever he wants to do. I mean, I don't blame him if he wants to take a couple of years, goes away, and comes back. You know? Yeah, kind of like Jensen Button did, and now yeah. he's an extreme E. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I want to blame him if he did that at all. But uh, Wouldn't it be funny hurts. with this? Yeah, I'll go full tinfoil hat for a second since he's such ecologically minded um, and he's big about climate change and whatnot. I don't know. Maybe we uh, see him just driving in circles when eventually this uh, NASCAR electric series goes and he can finally have something to get behind. I don't know. I have a feeling that he wants to drive a lot of stuff. He's one of those drivers that if you just YouTube search all the different cars he's driven, just enjoys driving man yeah it's it's gonna be really fascinating but it's gonna be sad to see him go i don't think he has anything left to prove however he's another classic if you will driver that had big news and that is that musical chairs i guess is a really high tempo song because (laughs) already fred is getting in that car that that seb's getting out of fernando alonso is signed with aston martin Multi-year deal starting next year. That's such a downgrade for him. You think so? Yeah. That Aston is terrible. It is, but I don't think there's been a lot of Aston-specific money pumped into it yet. Second worst team. It's a green Red Bull. It's not even a green Red Bull. It's a green Red Bull with a Mercedes engine that also runs like shit. 
unpopular opinion because I love Jimmy Johnson, but the, he's, he became Jimmy Johnson. I think that seat is capable of way more than what Steb was able to get out of it. And I, that's not a knock against Sebastian Vettel's talent or his legacy or anything like that at all. I think he did actually kind of went over the hill, man. It's what happens to all of us when you get older, you know, he, and he's too bright to keep squandering. I don't know. I just feel like that Aston C's got some potential. We'll have to see. There's going to be people that are going to disagree with us on that one, but. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think, I just don't think Fernando's doing the right move, but that what the, what this does do, it, it, it opens the door for um, Oscar P.S. That's happening. That's why it's happening. I, and I think that that, you took the words out of my mouth. I don't even think it's necessarily by Alonzo's own accord. Yeah. I think it's Alpine kind of saying like, hey, if you get it, if, we're not pushing you anywhere. But if, you know, maybe they had called you or something or like they send you an email, you, you should answer it. Yeah. If you still hang out here, but I just, you should answer it. Yeah. <laughs> they got to get Piastri into a car before long. He's earned it. He's absolutely earned it. And I'm stoked to see what he could do. You know. Dude, and like, you know, talk about people pushing each other around and such the uh ferrari strategists they uh they sure know how to push around in order to not win a race because my god how many times are we gonna have the same song and dance this year it's bad did you see there's a video of um it's russell hamilton and verstappen yeah in the, uh, the, the and they're laughing room. at the strategy yeah, they like, were laughing at the strategy <laughs> what <laughs> Everyone was laughing at the strategy across the world if you were watching the race. Like, that's... I, I couldn't understand it. I, I just can't get past like, Bro, it. what the f- are they doing? Like... I, I know we'll get to NASCAR, but they had brought up a really good point, which is if you keep your nose clean, you just inherit positions. That's exactly what happened with everybody that was running decent yesterday when they pulled that strategy call. That was stupid. I don't know what is happening with Ferrari, but I hope they have a really hard reset into the summer break because this is it's kind of becoming the rick Ware racing of f1 it's just like every fucking week you're like what is why like why are you even here what what difference even spun in one like for and spun and kept the thing going leclerc makes one mistake or like signs makes one mistake and the ferrari is so unforgiving that it's just like wait no i'm going this way now yeah (laughs) no this People talk about the Red Bull reliability and then they want to ignore the Ferrari one. Like what? Like, and I don't even think, I don't even think it's much reliability. It's more the drivers just not keeping the cars on track. Like how many weeks in a row did we have sign spin? Right. Yeah. Like, right. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on with that team. It's almost as if they're not shooting the cars well. To begin with, they go out and they run well and practice to get poles. They just they can't put a whole race together. It's then it's saw, tough to watch, but I saw a stat. Let's say Leclerc goes full Vettel 2013, second half of the year now, right? After the summer break. Because there's nine races left. Say he goes full Vettel 2013. If Verstappen finishes P2 every race. Verstappen still wins the title by 18 points. That's interesting. Yeah. So he's already just about out of it. He needs he needs a lot of help from those Red Bull cars. It is interesting. 
you know, it, it really does also show like these small mistakes come the end of the season. Leclerc put it best actually in France. If we're 15 points behind, if we're 30 points behind, we know where they came from. You know, it, it all matters at that level of the sport. Everything that it just, it's baffling to me why Ferrari keeps making these mistakes. You're at the pinnacle of motorsports in a lot of people's regard across the spectrum. You are at the top level of motorsports and auto racing period. You know, what the, what the fuck is this? Like, why did you hire these people? Why did you hire these people? <laughs> Something's going to change. And I really hope that Ferrari starts to make some, some of those changes and, and this is going to be another unpopular opinion, I suppose, and I won't take us too far off topic, but I think when they have their hypercar and then LMDH programs together and they see that they'll have, I think Ferrari will have success in those, you know, because they'll have teams like Brizzi Competizione and Scuderia Corsa, like real factory efforts in these. They're going to have to have a McLaren moment when they look back and they're like, wait, this is all going sick, but our F1 team kind of fucking blows right now. <laughs> So maybe we should focus on that a little bit, but it took those external things to kind of kickstart that retrospective. I don't know. Just, I guess I'm throwing the idea out there because we've been right on some of these ideas we've thrown out in the past. Lately, we'll lately see. we've been on a little bit of a stride there with it, but yeah. uh, see, needs to figure out shit quick over there. Just my God. I'm sorry if any of this even makes it to YouTube, since I don't know if we even do that anymore, uh, that I'm so distracted. I'm, we're trying very hard working together to get you guys a podcast each week. So sometimes the settings in the surroundings are uh, <laughs> a limiting factor. Usually for me, they're good for the most part. We'll see. We'll see in a couple of weeks how that's all mm. going. Because that'll be fun, hopefully. It's about like work. Like getting paid to do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Almost like drivers that go like three years and don't win anything. But then, yeah. and then. And when it then, doesn't even matter for the team anymore at that point. And then. <laughs> you see Dune, where's my car? <laughs> and then, and then, and then, and then. <laughs> then, and, uh, what? He wins the Indy 500. And then. <laughs> Nothing. No. And then. <laughs> He wins Road America. Okay, cool. <laughs> Would you like anything else? No. And then. And then. <laughs> Alexander Rossi breaks a three-year winless streak. I, I, I don't know, man. I had high hopes for him coming in, and I'm really genuinely, after watching Marco Andretti go win an SRX, right, seeing guys that have just been part of Andretti in that revolving door of fourth entry now having decent success, it starts to make you wonder, was RHR sold short? Is Romain Grosjean getting a fair shake in all of this? And is Colton Herta even smart to go to F1 with Andretti if it's going to be run like how it's been? He, I don't know. It makes me wonder, is the Andretti car that bad? Is it actually like a, a fucking shed? And these guys just know how to hustle it. Because for somebody like Alex Rossi, maybe could have that argument if he didn't have such a temper. But it was a pretty... Convincing win. That was a convincing yes. way that they ran that strategy out. Yeah, I was uh when I saw that strategy start to play out, I was like, huh. Yeah. yeah. They really Fresh got tires one on prevailed the field. towards the end. Yeah. Yep. It also helps he, it, that, you know, you mentioned Colton Herta, who beats himself yet again in another race. 
oh, what? Well, he doesn't do that. He's ready for F1. He's what? fucking Mario Andretti. <laughs> I love Colton Hurd. For all the fans out there that are listening to this, like I actually am a big Colton Hurd fan. And I would love to see him be an F1. And I like to see Logan Sargent be an F1 for the same sentiment. But, but... It makes you wonder, man. But you can't beat yourself. And Alexander Rossi has been a definition of that as of late. And Maybe he feels the past two years has been an extreme definition of that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a great, great race. Um, you know, it's not even worth trying to recap it. It was a lot of green flag running. It's worth, you know, for anybody that wants to see it, go check it out. But um, just really, really good racing. I mean, and the thing that I loved too was having even NBC, man, the broadcast, having Dale Earnhardt Jr. in there for a while. It's cool that he's become kind of like a regular part of the IndyCar broadcast, oh, yeah. which is, is awesome. Not to mention when they had Hinch there for, when we get to the, we'll get to it, but the, when the cup guys were there also for this doubleheader weekend, yeah. I really liked that stuff, dude. I just think the whole weekend was a really cool idea. I like the crossover weekend. It did, uh, or it, it was a great weekend of watching all the racing going on down there across the world. Um, you know, I want to say Hungary was actually a good race. Um, Indy, Indy car at the Indy road course was, it was, it was, it was a classic Indy car race. Yeah. Yeah. You had to have been watching kind of start to finish, um, to understand like why strategies are playing out. It's not, I'll put it this way. Definitely not the, the race that would have brought a first time fan or no. wanted them to watch flag to flag with. No, but it was good. Honestly, it was good. You, you mentioned that and I don't know why, but it makes the thought pop into my head. Um, I probably wouldn't bring someone to their first IndyCar race if it was the 500 either. I just feel like there's mm. too much going on and you're not going to understand like 95% of it to be able to like understand what's happening. That's interesting, man. That's interesting because we're going way off with this, but yeah. I, I feel like part of what makes a fan interested in racing in the first place is just that experience, that visceral emotion that, gets brought up in you of a car going by at actually like 140, 150. Most people, right. I'll, I'll just put it this way. Most of uh, the people I would bring to a race for the first time have never really gone much over like 75 or 80, yeah. you know? So they don't have that frame of reference of like, you could drive on the highway, right. That's about it. Like racing is not typically something that yeah. they are interested in or have done. So like to actually see now an automobile go by at like 150, now imagine it's going by for the first time you're seeing it and you can be close to the fence and you're standing out there in the pit lane for the very first time. You're taking in the spectacle of how big these speedways are. And this little tub of carbon fiber with some dumb idiot strapped in that I wished I was them <laughs> fucking rockets by at 220. And you're just standing there like you feel it just like, oh, <laughs> that's what that feels like when they go by. And next thing you know, those are the people that... I'm texting and talking to you like, Hey, you going to a race? <laughs> uh-uh. He, I, he's, he's giving me a sign language and no. <laughs> Although that I've got a, um, a, uh, I'll put it. Stay on track. <laughs> I have a rotating group of friends I can bring the races with me. <laughs> On the chip, off the box. The, the, the thought process is out the window. Much like, uh, we'll, move, we'll move on to it, much like many of the cup drivers like yesterday. 
my God. I'm not happy with the finish of that race. I don't know how much I believe Ross Chastain. My, I'm just going to address process, the elephant. My, th- my thought process there. Um, we see he's on the outside of four wide. We see what happens to the three guys to the inside of him. They all but go around aside from Almendinger who got stuck behind Blaney because Blaney went around because they were four wide going into that corner. That was Byron's fault. No, that was earlier. That was earlier on. That was the. Oh, you're right. Yes. Thank you. That was the restart before that. The one, the the Chastain one was on the final restart to where, yeah, they all went in four wide. And we saw three of them couldn't even handle it because, yeah, two of them went around and the other one got stuck behind, behind one of them. So. I think he made the right move, but I think he went too fast. If he did that slower and he wasn't next to Reddick and he was behind Reddick instead, I don't think they would have done anything. I blame NASCAR. Yeah. And here's why. It because again, this is the glaring thing to like, you know, the, the serious side of us and enjoying the sport for what it is that needs to be addressed. He I honestly think had an advantage in doing that. You don't have to slow down for everyone. You've got clean air in the car because you're no longer around traffic. And you know that it's not typically a place that's commonly run, you know? So like, you don't have to worry about necessarily slowing down. There is no, like at Daytona at the bus stop, if you blow the bus stop, you have to completely come to a stop within these cones. Yeah. Same thing at Watkins Glen. Like what, what was the, the difference here? The difference is that NASCAR never actually addressed from everything I have looked at. And if I am wrong, somebody please show me, but they never addressed in the free race drivers meeting. That was, that was meant to be your escape road. If you blow the brakes into turn one, which everybody pretty much did. So it was a good move, right? They, we didn't, they wasn't used last year much, but it was a good move that if you blow the, the brakes, you have a place to just rejoin the track, get going again, no harm, no foul. That's what keeps races going. That's a good thing. But never did they put, you know, a tighter chicane. So you have to like bang down to first and maybe even clutch in so that you don't stall the thing to get around these cones, not carry enough speed that when you come out, you've got a decent head of momentum on the leaders. What? I, I don't blame Ross Chastain for trying it because he exploited the rules. I would have done the same, but I just can't think that's innocent. He, he was not at the same rate slowing down as everyone else. And he didn't have any lockups. I think he saw where he was and he was like, well, I'll send it. See where I end up. I think I think he sent it because he knew he was gonna get turned if he didn't. Everyone else I... that was in that row with him got turned except for him, except for him, because Reddick was in front of all them. So yeah, that that row he was in of cars going into the corner, all of them spun or had to come to a complete stop aside from him. Whatever the he intention might to the corner with them. Like that's my that's my thought process on it. And I agree with you. That, that's why this is NASCAR's fault, ultimately, because you can't blame Ross, right? We're, we, none of us really truly, truly know like what he, what he was sensing in the car at the time. And what I mean by that is you kind of have, you know, you're out there doing 85 laps, right? You're out there for hours, just banging out laps. You're in such a repetition in the rhythm. If you're stuck way out in the gray, of course, you know, you're going to be like, well, like, well, before you get to the corner, you're starting to think like, is this even going to stick? Do I even want to be here right now? Am I in a good, good spot right now? Your spotter is telling you, but you feel that around you. So absolutely. I'm not just, I mean, you could be right. He could have been like, all right, dude, screw that. I'm not going to tear this thing up right here, right now. Like I can come out of here with a decent points day, take the road, get back on again. But NASCAR didn't put anything to slow him down enough. So did he break a rule? No. But do I think once he got 
to that part. He wasn't like, all right, attack the pit lane, attack the access road. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I, I, I get it. I get it. It was a great race, though. I think it was interesting to see Ty Gibbs. We talked about it last week. He actually performed well. He he performed he performed well once the shit show happened. Let's let's mind you that he ran twenty second all day. Aside from that, so I mean, you could say he ran well, but then you have someone who is being his teammate, who is like the definition of terrible on road courses survived the mayhem way better than him and got a top five. I'm pretty sure he got fifth. So. Oh yeah. I mean like, don't, don't get me wrong. He, he's got a learning curve ahead of him and that is understanding the etiquette and just the vibe of racing in the cup series. It's very different than Xfinity. Everybody has something to prove in Xfinity. Everybody has to put food on the table now that you're in the cup series. You know what I mean? Like it's no longer about a certain level of proving yourself. I think he's going to have to learn that a bit. He definitely got shoved around a bit yesterday too, which was good. That's a good yeah. thing. You know, he needs, you need to get bumped around a little bit to understand like, Hey, we're trying to actually teach you like, this is too much. This is enough. We know you like to use a little bit. So like, this is what a little bit (laughs) feels like back to you, but let's be honest here. Like if you put any, anybody I can think of in a cup car and send them out there at the Andy road course, like you just said a pretty high level ride. Yeah. I'm, I think to finish uh, granted, like you said, he was in 20th, but that's still top half of the field. It was impressive. I, I think it. I don't think Kyle Busch needs to be sweating yet, but I think Gibbs. Gibbs uh, is. I, I think Kyle Busch has got his stuff lined up for next year. You think you don't think he's staying in the eighteen? No, he was way too. Uh, he 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 didn't give any description to any of the conversations he was having this weekend when they talked to him Sunday before and after the race he was very vague I think, on everything and i think that's you know because all the rest of the drivers on the team have been very to the point you know like hey we're back next year and he's been the only one that's like well you know there's some things in some places and some people i've talked to and it's like he said places and things so I don't know. I think he's going to end up in that 41 car. It's going to be interesting. I just, I can't see, we had talked about Toyota letting it happen, but you start to look at the other guys, Christopher Bell, right? He absolutely is not going anywhere. He's going to become, I think no, the flagship not. driver. He's, he's, he's good. Truex questionable, but I think he Back stays as year, long as I think he's done. I think he, and he stays as long as he wants to because Bass Pro Shops is like we've talked about again. He's, we've, we've had some of this, this discussion, but I think they allow Martin to run as long as he wants to. And then they pull entirely. Yeah. Then you've got Kyle Bush and you've got Denny Hamlin. Well, Denny is already kind of failing his team a little bit in 2311 because he's even saying like it's overwhelming to take care of both. It makes you wonder how much longer is he going to do this? You know, I don't think Denny's going anywhere necessarily soon, but I, I don't know. I, it, I would be less, I'd be less shocked to hear that Denny Hamlin winds up re- like retiring. If he wins a championship this year, if walk wins, out on top. If he wins the title this year. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. He's done. It's realistic. This is yeah. the most realistic year he's had. And I think maybe he gets that. You know, I don't think he's satisfied to be a Mark Martin. 
even though he jokingly is that way, I don't think he's satisfied to be that way. Well, he's he's like, not driving like it. He's having his worst year in years. I don't know. I, I just there's something about the Gibbs Toyotas, and I know this is a long shot, but we talk. You know, we have a talking point about Ty Gibbs. I could see it, it dawned on me this weekend. It dawned on me this weekend when I saw him struggling in the back of the field and work his way back up with Denny Hamlin. He honestly, he should have won Pocono. He, he, he did flat win Pocono. If there was an advantage, it wasn't enough to make it that big of a dominating spot. He had flat out drove everybody fight me. Like, I, I don't know. I could see Denny being at that point where he's like, dude, I have so little fucks to give anymore that you actually start to run better. And I can relate to that very much. I, I'm just saying, if he wins a championship, what happens then? He's gone. But he's does gone. he does he pull a Peyton Manning and just I'm done at he's the done. top? Or Nico Rosberg? Yeah, I think he actually said that if he won the title, he would retire this year. I for, I think it's, that was on Junior's podcast, if I'm not mistaken, and that kind of just went mm-hmm. under the radar. Yeah, no, I think that's where I heard it too. He's on Dale Junior. So like, point being, I, I am impressed. With Tyler Reddick, I think it's going to be interesting if he goes after a championship this year. I, I think the connotations towards that conversation are pretty much there. What do you do then if you're going to leave anyway? But Still the fact that – Peace. Right. Like, the fact that Denny could then retire and focus on the 23-11 team now changes a lot of stuff also. you know That team becomes respectable. Kurt Busch also just had a big concussion. You never know. I, I don't like to think that way either. I think I that Newgarden raced and Kurt didn't. But I also See, think I'm that's not... also the age difference between the two. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're talking Newgarden, about a guy. Newgarden's what, 30? 20? I think so. Something like that. And, and you're talking about a guy that Connor Daly said it best. He, the guy is like shaped like a Greek god. Like Joseph Newgarden is like the definition of like, like perfectly in shape, in prime male. You know what I mean? Like that dude is, he is tough as shit. He's 31. tall. He's strong. 31. He's young. You know what I mean? So his bounce back rate is a lot higher. Plus IndyCar's concussion standards are different than NASCAR's kind of like we had talked about last week also, but that difference too, I don't know at Kurt's age, I can see him having those thoughts of being like, well, I don't know. Is this worth it? We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. It's going to be really interesting, but also interesting. Tyler Reddick, it's another win. I think that now that really puts him in the conversation because when, when people talk about Kyle Larson, I think about Tyler Reddick also, because that's where those two sharpen their skills together. Reddick is just a badass driver. Dude, He's kind I of strange. But <laughs> When Briscoe and Bell finally hit that stride, it's going to be Reddick, Larson, Bell, Briscoe every year in and out. I think so too. There, there's going to be your one wild card guy that gets a win somewhere. That's not one of those four, but once those four start hitting their stride, it's over. I think it's probably going to be Chastain. Chastain, Elliot, you know, Logano somehow. Yeah. Logano's only 30. So he's still got another 10 years to go. All this racing. What do we have this weekend? Uh, this weekend, racing. We have the Cup Series. They're obviously racing. Oh, hey, wait a minute. They're racing Michigan this weekend. <laughs> Going to that race. 
<laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I get to see them. <laughs> oh, stupendous. I wish everybody could see that. I was just like, oh, why you Come on now. Um, IMSA is at Road America. And then IndyCar is on the streets of Nashville this weekend. That's right. Yes. Sorry, who you got? Well, let's see. Do I want to be biased with going to Michigan? Do I not want to be biased with going to Michigan? Uh, Do you think any of us expect anything different from you at this point? Ford owns the track. Or for you know engines basically run that shit. Um, Hold on, he's got to put his Penske away. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? For the sake of bullshittery, I'm gonna take Keselowski. Not too far off of what I was thinking. I think that's a solid pick. You can see him getting it done. I honestly think Kevin Harvick breaks through and gets a win this weekend. Okay. For very much the same reasons. What cars are strong at high-speed tracks? They're fi- I think that teams are finally starting to get the cars to run like the old cars. Even the stands. Like, I've seen them in person. You're going to see them in person. You're going to see exactly what I mean. The cars in person don't look glaringly different. They don't. They, they, we expect them to right as fans because we hyper focus but they looked very much the same they look very similar to last generation's cars obviously way better sounding and they they do look different like i'm not being fucking moron here like you know what i mean you look at the old car and the new car of course you spot differences but out in the racetrack you start i noticed right away that like the cars were set up like the old cars like they look like that so i think they're starting to find like where that quantification comes from to make the old car drive like the, the new car drive like the old car and like how to set the new car to go backwards harvick and Stuart haas they've always got fast cars on those big really fast speedways these are probably going to be the fastest speeds all year i gotta think going to a place like this maybe I faster than pocono so. i would think so they're just gonna be too wound up the entire time like and i think kevin harvick's also in that hey i've stopped caring mindset and maybe can start to perform better so I like that. Better start now. We both went with Fords. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. IndyCar. IndyCar. Music City. Music City. I'll go New Garden. I I want, I'm rooting for New Garden. I want to see him win. Win at home. Come back from that injury. Think you're taking yourself out of the championship fight and you're not. You know. However, I think Marcus Erickson doubles down. His level of driving lately has been really good. He seems like the only one at Chip Ganassi that's like not getting the belt by Chip. And like, he seems happy about it. He just, I think his Indy 500 win did something to validate him a bit. And last year, let's not forget, he's the defending race winner. He launched that car in the air, slammed it tub first into the ground. Hey man, I've said it to you a bajillion times. I'd rather be lucky than good any day. Any day, man, I'd rather be lucky than good. <laughs> I don't need an explanation. I just know it didn't break. <laughs> Go like hell, dude. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but like, he just, to even do that was raw speed. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, again, everybody building a notebook, like we were kind of were just alluding to, with Nashville and being such a unique racetrack, 
I don't know. My gut tells me I don't want to discount the guys that figured it out already. So that tells me their notebooks should be starting from already that that same gap to the rest of the field. Erickson. Erickson. Well, that leaves us with one. Imsa. Juan is the loneliest number. We wanna we'll go we'll go DPI, I think. Yeah. yeah. Road America, right? Road America. Great track. The IMSA cars at Road America is a real trip. Fantastic track. I got to be honest. I've been following the GT battle pretty closely. So I'll throw in my GT favorite. You don't necessarily have to. But after watching, I'll I'll start there. After watching how FAF has just dominated. Now, IMSA, the people that are also watching, Porsche just debuted their next generation car for next year. There's actually quite a bit of difference to it. Um, It's a pretty radical change. I think that teams that are going to be abundant in that factory Porsche customer program, FAF has to be a front runner because those guys are just showing up every single week. But I don't know the straight line speed of that car, if it's going to help them. And so with that, I'm inclined to say it's going to be a Mercedes. I think one of the Mercedes gets it done at road America. And I think I don't want to say Ooh, you got three to choose from there. I was going to say, what is what exactly is the entry list? Okay, so we got Mike Skeen and Stephen McKaylor. McClear? Stephen McClear. Yeah, there's two E's. Huh. Good job, Chris. <laughs> um, then you got the 57, Russell Ward and Philip Ellis. What are the teams? That's the WeatherTech car with Stephen McClear, isn't it? That one is the Korthoff Motorsports. Okay. Yep. Then you got Windward Racing is Russell Ward and Philip Ellis. And WeatherTech is uh, Cooper McNeil. And yeah, I'm not even going to try to do that one right now. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to hear it. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. Oh, dude, that one's bad. Um, Daniel. Wants Adela. Oh, that's not bad. Daniel wants wants Adela. Yeah. Oh, why why are you mute? I think. Oh, I'm not. You okay. might be. Yeah. I was thinking though. I, I I don't know. My gut tells me Winward because they've been chasing a win this season. Um, at Lime Rock, even they were showing that you know they really had pace, and that was kind of the the storybook thing. Is they finished. It was like, you know, Kyle Larson before he finally broke through, like just constantly being right there at the end. For DPI, definitely have to go Wayne Taylor Racing Acura. They're, they always have run so good. It, does, it didn't matter if it were Cadillac or Acura. Road America and Wayne Taylor Racing, I think because they are able to trim the car out for places like Daytona so well, you know, they can find that nice balance at places like Road America. So I'm going with 10 for DPI. GT, I'm going to go the heart of racing. 23 team. Not a bad pick. Yeah. Um, that we know that car's that car is good. Like that that's one car that seems to be hooked up everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. They they've got that car pretty well figured out. Oh yeah. And then... Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um DPI. 
I feel like it's hard to go. It's hard to go either one some races, but I think I'm gonna go with them. Yeah, I'm gonna go Oliver Jarvis and Tom Blomquist. Go the Meyer Shank Acura. Interesting. It's funny we both went with Acuras though. Yeah, I think, dude. I mean, like a place like Mossport, um, in the speed that you carry in some of those corners, I think is a fair comparison-ish to set up. Um, I mean, like they just checked out; they were gone. So I, I'm with you on that. I, I like that pick. I definitely feel strong with the Acuras. I think that they're also able to do pretty well in fuel in, in comparison to the, to the Cadillacs. But I think we've, uh... I think we did it. We did it. Oh, that was, that was the one thing I wanted to mention, dude. How about the rookies surviving the chaos on Sunday? I mean, in general, they they all survived the chaos and finished two through four. Are you talking the Cup Series? Yeah. Who Cedric was it? Burden and Gilliland all finished two through four because of the Chastain penalty. No shit. Yeah, there would have been three, four. I five. didn't know that. Yeah, there were two, three, and four. I mean, like, I I don't know. Like, we sim race a lot. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? So I feel like a lot of this generation of our age, like, they understand, you know, the quick steering boxes and, like, you know, tight brake zones and just, like, sure, there's no replacement for being in the seat. Yeah. But, you know, they're in the seat anyway because as much as they might have connections or money or whatever, they're actually able to perform. All three of the people you just mentioned are very, very talented drivers. I don't know. I think that this is, like, a new generational car. It's hard to explain. You know, the different steering, watching how they were working in the, the cockpit. It's pretty rad. I, 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 mean, I stand firm with – I'm not surprised. I'll put it that way. Your, your front six um, – Front sticks? Front six. Your front six. Front sticks. Fuck <laughs> you, all right? <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> your six front, front stick. stick. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um. <laughs> but you had, you had Reddick win, Cindric second, Harrison third, Gillen fourth, Bubba fifth, and Logano sixth. Your average age right there is like early to mid, or what, probably like a 24 point something. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, then you have Almondinger, who's after him, and McDowell. Then Cole Custer, uh, Chris Busher's, what, 30, 31. And then, mm-hmm. so you have. You have two guys in your top 10 that are over the age of 31. All the rest were the kids surviving the shit show behind them. <laughs> True. True. I, like I said, man, I, I just, I think this new car with brakes that last and steering that does what you want right away and a car that's responsive, I, it just, you know, same thing with Ty Gibbs. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you agree with me. Maybe you don't, but I'm sure there's some people listening that, you know, they have a pretty rad couple thousand dollars put into their setup you know direct drive wheel and all that and they're they're probably racing something right yeah. now that's still a leg up more than 10 years ago even when sim stuff wasn't even a big deal and most of these guys were still in middle school yeah right so you grow up with it i it's rad though it's good for them i love seeing rookies do well you always gonna love the underdog story hey rookies doing good are always always fantastic i've been a rookie my whole life <laughs> <laughs> all right we're gonna end it on that <laughs> <laughs> i've been new here for like 27 years <laughs> oh my god 
<laughs> sir, as always. It's been a blast, buddy. Stay yes, safe. This is On The Chip. Bringing you IndyCar. Oh, I saw it! It's going to be a drag race! Newgarden has done it! They have- Formula One. Championship battle, but the championship can only be won by one, and it's going Dutch in 2021! NASCAR and so, so much.